30-day challenge, the 18th of October, the year 2022. And we bless the Lord for the privilege that we have to be able to enter into a brand new day. There are many that would have wished to be here uh, this morning. They are not there. Um, they're going through different challenges, but the Lord has enabled you and I to be here this morning. And so if we would open our hearts, we'll allow him to minister to us this morning. He's going to prepare us. And we'll be ready to go out there today and do what we must do. So welcome each one of us. Maybe it's, you, have, you know, you haven't been joining every day. It's okay. Whichever day you have joined, you know, with it, you are exactly in God's timing. And so open your heart, allow him to minister to you this morning. And if maybe you've missed the other teachings, you know, the recordings are there. You can go and immerse yourself in them and catch up with all the teaching. It's there in your workbook. If you don't have the workbook, please let us know. And we'll send it over to you in the group. But uh, we are on day 18 of our 30-day challenge. And we are tackling a very, very important subject, which is self-actualization day three. Self-actualization part three. Self-actualization part three. This is deep. This is huge. And that's why it has taken us almost over three days dealing with it. Um, because to know who you are, or even who you are not changes everything. Once you know who you are, or even you, what you are not, it changes everything. This is foundational because once you deal with that, no one can lie to you. The enemy cannot lie to you. Your friends cannot lie to you. The society cannot lie to you. People cannot define you when you are clear about who you are. And that's why we spend so much time 
on this whole issue of self-actualization, to understand who you are so that people don't define you, don't live for people anymore. A lot of us are living for other people. People have defined us. They have confined us. They put us in a, in a pipe and we are living other people's lives. Um, try to, to please people, try to please those around us, try to please our family, try to please your in-laws and your outlaws and, and everybody around you, you're just living for people. And that's a very, very um, you know, difficult way to live. And we, we try to get to understand who we are so that we can get freed from living the life of other people and we begin to start living our own, we start living our own lives in Jesus' mighty name. So to know who you are, or who you are not changes everything. And as we said yesterday and the days before, every living thing goes for self-actualization. If you look at the trees, they don't, you know, they, they don't say, you know, I want to grow just a little bit. I just want to be, you know, take enough water and just be only three meters and, and, I, and that's okay. No, no, the trees go for it. They, they want to flourish. They take their, their roots deep. The animals are trying to be the best of themselves. The birds are trying to be the best they can be. All, you know, living things go for self-actualization. It's only human beings that sometimes set off for less. It's only us human beings, God's special creation, where we set off for less and we don't actually live the best version of ourselves. People die with music in their heart. They die with dreams that have not been fulfilled. We set off for less because of just the environment. And this teaching, again, is designed for you to unleash the best version of yourself, self actualization. So today we want to answer the question, who am I or who am I not? Very, very important. Who am I and who am I not? And let's read uh, from Psalms chapter 139 verses 14. Psalms 139 verses 14. It's a scripture here that David wrote that reminds us again who we are. Psalms 139 14 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. That's David declaring, Say, you know what? I praise you because I'm not only just made, but I'm fearfully made. That means, you know, God took time. He thought through you to create you the way you are. He thought about it. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that's what David declared here. And he says, I know that full well. May today, may you know fully well that you're actually fearfully and wonderfully made. And then Genesis chapter 1, verses 27, the Bible says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So again, another, another a very important thing here is that we were created in God's own image. You know, when it, when it came to creation, we just didn't just take some, you know, some quick, quick work. No, no, we are created in the image of God. We carry God's image. That means when people look at us, they, you know, there's a God in us. We are godly in our, in our looking. We are created in God's image, in the image of God, all of us, both male and female, not just the male, not just the female. We were all created in God's image. That means in us, we radiate God's image. And it's important for us to understand that even as we deal with this subject of self-actualization and answering the question, who am I or who am I not? And so with that, I want to pose a question here that uh, as we tackle just the subject of who we are or who we are not, 
if you went to a, an event and sometimes you go to parties or you're invited to functions and you know or in the in, in in the church setting you know we are in a you know fellowship or men's fellowship or women's fellowship or married couples fellowship and then you are asked um you know you, people ask you who are you you know you're asked to introduce yourself I'm posing that question to you. You are in a fellowship or a meeting or a party or whatever it is, and people ask you, "Can you, you know, tell us who you are? You know, tell us who are you? Introduce yourself." And the question is, what would you say? What do you normally say if you're asked to introduce yourself? If this morning I opened up the microphones and I said, "Hey, can you just introduce yourself?" And we do that sometimes with new people. Say, "Can you introduce yourself?" What do you normally say? What What do you say? How do you introduce yourself? You know, what do you tell us about yourself? And that is very important in dealing with this issue around identity or self-actualization. How would you introduce yourself? In many ways, we would think about introducing ourselves in the form of our, our roles. Maybe you stand up and you say, you know, tell us about your career. You say, no, I'm, um, I'm Dr. So-and-so. Um, you know, I'm Professor So-and-so. I am, um, you know, apostle so-and-so. I am bishop so-and-so. I am pastor so-and-so. You know, so many times we can use our roles to introduce ourselves. Maybe you'll say I'm engineer so-and-so. You know, you'll say I'm, I'm so-and-so and I'm an accountant. You know, I'm, I'm a banker or, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an agronomist or I'm a physicist or I'm a chemist. Or you, you, you'll try to... Maybe tell us about your role, linking it with your career. Um, you know, that is, that, that's one way of introducing yourself. And sometimes we do that because we want people to know who we are. So we, we tend to lean towards careers, uh, what we have accomplished, our educational standards. Uh, that's why even you see in, in newspapers, people want to be called Dr. So-and-so. And if you don't, you know, you know, call him doctor, he gets offended. Or he wants to say engineer so-and-so. You know, we, we want to attach those titles when we are doing our introduction. I mean, that's one way of doing that. And, there's, you know, maybe there's nothing wrong with, wrong with it. Another way of trying to um, introduce ourselves is maybe through our responsibilities. Um, you know, what we are responsible for, say, okay, I'm sister so-and-so, I'm doctor so-and-so, and by the way, I'm the manager of the, um, the chief executive or, uh, you know, of this company, I'm the managing director or I'm, I'm the regional representative or I'm the, you know, head of this or head of that. We would then also tend to introduce ourselves in the form of our, our responsibility. Um, you know, that's another way we introduce ourselves. Um, you know, so-and-so, and I'm in charge of this. Um, you know, in, you know, I'm the unit head or I'm, um, you know, I'm responsible for this. So we, we tend to naturally also go and introduce ourselves with using our, our areas of responsibility. Another third way that you can introduce yourself as well is using your relationships. You can say, you know, I'm, I'm you know, mama so-and-so. You know, you are making reference to the children. I'm the husband to so-and-so. I'm the wife to so-and-so. Or I'm the, you know, uncle to so-and-so. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the nephew to so-and-so. And especially... When you know we introduce when we are trying to attach ourselves to people that are known or people that are powerful, yeah, we we tend to again to like to introduce ourselves in the form of relationships. I'm the uncle to so and so. I'm the auntie to so and so. I'm the grandmother to so and so. I'm the father to so and so. I'm the son to so and so. I'm the daughter to so and so. So again, that's another way of um in, introducing ourselves using relationships. So in most cases, we'll either introduce ourselves using the roles that we have or the responsibility that we carry, or the relationships that we have. Those are three main ways of introducing yourself. But I want to pose the question there is, is that really who you are? You know, is that really who you are? 
I, I, when you tell us, you know, you are engineer so and so, is it that really who you are? Is, is it really you or when you use your title, is that really who you are? And I think that's a question I want to pose there, even as I introduce another way of looking at it. Another way of answering that question is maybe um, we, we, we have, let's say the world has come together. I know it's always difficult to, to come together on anything. But let's assume the world has come together and they've, they've you know, they, we have got one now, one, one CEO, one chief executive officer uh, for the whole world. And um, this, you know, CEO, let's call him um, um, Sally. Or let's say, you know, she's, she's called Sally. And Sally, the CEO of the whole world, comes in and uh, she says, you know, I've looked at the number of people here on earth and I've realized I think we are too many and we need to reduce the population. We feel that um, the whole world, we only need a billion people. We are now around six billion and therefore we need to get rid of another four, four, five billion. And as a CEO, we've decided that, uh, you you know, we're going to have to get rid of some people here and, and, and remain just enough for, for ourselves. And this is really powerful. She has the ability to do that. She has the military, the, the power to do all that. And she wants to reduce the world population. And then she now Sally says, I want you to tell me, you know, why we should keep you here on earth? Why should we keep you? You need to write an, an application to Sally and, and argue your case. Why you should remain in the billion here on earth? As she gets rid of the other four billion, why should you be left here on earth? What would you tell Sally if that was you, when, when that comes, you won't start telling Sally, you know, I'm the uncle to so-and-so, or I'm the I'm doctor so-and-so, I'm this. And you'll try to look at the skills that maybe you bring to the world. You, you know, where you say, you know, I, I am, I'm skilled in managing, you know, solar. There's a talent that I have. Um, you know, there's something that I do that nobody else does. There, there's um, um, uh, maybe you're a musician or there's a gift that you have that you'll bring to Sally's new world. And you tell Sally, you know what, if, you, if I'm not here, you're not going to have music. If I'm not here, you're going to struggle to get your power going on. If I'm not here, um, you know, you're not, you're not going to be able to, to, to train anybody because I've got a special skill. So again, if you are to introduce yourself to Sally, try to convince her why you should remain in the world, you will tend to look at the skills you bring to the table. What is it that you bring? that no one else can bring. Again, that's another way of introducing yourself, looking at the skills, the things that you do, that you bring on up. That's another way that we also introduce ourselves. But I, I still ask the question, you know, is that you? Is that really you? Is that really you? Is it all about what you can bring? Is it all about your relationships, your roles, your responsibility? I want to say this. When we introduce the truth is, when we try to introduce ourselves using our roles, when we start to use our responsibility, our relationships, or what we bring here, we are really identifying with the ego in us. The ego survives on attachment. The ego survives you know, the, the, your ego grows or your identity grows with things. So when you begin, you have you don't have anything. Then you, you buy a house. Then you attach your ego to that house. Then you buy a car. You attach to it. You become a manager. You attach to it. You become a CEO. You attach to it. You become a leader. You attach to it. So the ego attaches itself to things. But what happens if you lose those things? What happens? If you lose those things, what, what, do you be, what do you become? Because, you know, positions go, 
people get retrenched, people retire. Um, you may be, a, you know, have a PhD or anything like that, but a time will come when no one will care about it. Um, yes, you are your father or mother, but a time will come when those things can all be taken from you. So the question is, ego attaches itself to things. And when your identity is ego-driven, you tend to identify yourself with the things that you can touch, you can go. But that's not really, that's not the real you. It is not the real you because jobs go, careers disappear. Um, we, we find ourselves unable to, even uh, the gifts that we have, we find ourselves unable to do them. Maybe you used to play the keyboard, you wake up one morning, you don't have a hand, you can't play it. Maybe you, you, you used to do something, you wake up, you have no voice, you can't do anything. So what will happen if your entire identity is defined by roles, by responsibilities, or by even the talents that we bring here to bear. And that's what happens when we allow ourselves to be defined by things that can be taken away. And so in this whole idea about understanding who you are, you have to reach a point where you are alive. You are not defined by things that can be taken away from you. But your identity has to be in things that can never be taken away from you. You can never lose your, you know, well, that's why every morning we declare that I'm a creative and compassionate spirit, you're being. Those are things that can never be taken from you. The, you know, tomorrow you may wake up, tomorrow you have a job or you're not a job, you don't have a job. You are still a creative and spiritual, compassionate human being. You're still loved by God. You are still special in God's eyes. Those things that can never be taken away from you. And again, a lot of people have ambushed themselves. They've got into relationships based on things that are temporary. You, 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 you get into a relationship with someone because the person is beautiful, but beauty goes away. Age has got a way of carrying out things. You, 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 you get impressed by shape and many things, but all those things change over time. And so the day you wake up and that which you are touched with is not there, you don't know what to do. You get confused. And that's why people, you know, when people can retire and when they retire or they stop working or they don't have the position, that they used to have. They don't know who they are. They are completely confused and they can't last long because the entire identity was defined by things that man can take. And so today's exercise is actually a reflection on asking the question, who are you or, who, or you, are you not? So that you can have identity, clear identity. So you don't define yourself by things that can be taken away. And we see it in social media. You know, the social media is such an ocean. We see, oh, coming, oh, yeah, look at me, look at my photo. And people come in, they say, oh, you are great, you are smart, you are this. And people shower you with all these things. So, what will happen tomorrow? When somebody, when you, when, when you post a photo, say, oh, hey, you have grown old, and people start putting for you negativity as they do in social media. You don't know who you are because you have been relying on motivation and feedback and things from other people. But you have to reach a point where you define yourself by things that cannot be taken away. And when you reach there, you will, God will bless you. He, he says we seek his kingdom and all these things will be added unto us. And that's great. You know, they'll be added. Things will be added to us. And all we'll do will be good stewards of them. We'll enjoy the things. We'll be good stewards, but we'll never allow them to define us. We'll hold them loosely. We'll enjoy them. We'll be a very good steward, but we'll never allow those things to define who we are. Our identity 
will remain on things that can never be taken away from anyone. So if a new worker tomorrow and the money that you used to have is not there, the job that you used to have is not there, the car you used to drive is not there, um, you know, the, the friends you used to have are not there, the children that you used to identify with them are not there, the spouse you love is not there. You can still have an identity in God. And if you can be able to achieve that, you're on your way to a breakthrough, you're way on, into a miraculous living because the enemy has got nothing to use against you. Because he uses things, attachment to things. That's why there's so much greed. That's why people are killing one another. Families are killing one another. You know, spouses are killing one another. Why? Because of attachment to things. We, we are so much attached to it. We want wealth and we'll do everything to get it. We want power. We'll do everything to get it. We, you know, because we, we, it, we, we, we define ourselves by all these things, by power, positions. And what happens when those positions don't exist? You are left clueless, not knowing what to do, where to begin and where to end. And so this is a very fundamental lesson, answering the question, who am I? Who am I not? And today's exercise, there are, you know, there, there are three things that you need to do there. Revisit your I am statements and have an awareness of which ones exist outside. Revisit the, the, the I am statements that we learned in, I think it was during when Pastor Joyce was teaching us here. Those I am statements, go revisit them again and start looking at, oh, am I defining myself by things that people can take away? And my entire life rotating around things that I can touch and feel. You know, am I really revisit those things again? Take a look at them again. Rewrite them again. Um, you know, write positive truths about yourself. Things that can never be taken away. You know, things that nobody can 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 can, can deny you. Things that you, they are not dependent on anyone. But you know, rewrite those statements again. Rewrite an entire page of who am I? And you know, write positive things about you, things that are not attached to time, things that no one can never take away from you, and repeat those things over and over again so that you have a good identity, so that, you know, tomorrow, you know, you're not defining yourself by your wife because wives can go, and we have seen them go. You're not defining yourself by a husband because husbands can go, but you are fully, fully, you know who you are, you have your identity, and though even if everything is taken from you, you can still remain the you know the focus and you can remain with your own identity. That's what Job did. Job came, they took away everything, they took away the children, they took away the wealth, they took away everything. And it was, you know, everything was taken away from him, but he remained focused because he knew he was in God's presence. And this morning, on day 18, it's all about identity. If we can solve this and understand this, we'll never be moved away, we'll not be uh, people that are emotional, that are up to date down tomorrow because people have said things on us. We remain steadfast. We'll accomplish great things for God. And you know what? We'll be able to go through life in a very, very sober way when we all, we enjoy the things that we have. The houses are great. The cars are great. The money is good. We'll use it to advance God's kingdom. We'll enjoy it. We'll be good stewards about it, but we'll not allow things to define us. We'll not allow careers to define us. We'll not allow the pursuit of things to define us because our identity is with Christ. And that's why we declare every single morning, I'm a creative and compassionate spiritual being, currently living or existing in physical form. I'm wonderfully made, I'm valuable, and I'm unique. And God's divine plan is for me to be connected to him in a loving relationship with him and all living things, things that can never be taken away from you. You'll be strong, you'll be powerful, and you'll touch this world in a very special way. Allow me to reach there. 